Hello and welcome to this BVCA podcast, which is marking the 40th anniversary of the creation of the Trade Association. I'm Michael Moore. I'm the Director General of the British Private Equity and Venture Capital Association. In the course of this series, we'll be talking to industry leaders from today and those from previous decades as we reflect on how the industry and the BVCA have changed. I'm delighted in this particular instance to be welcoming the chair of the BBCA as we record this podcast, Mr. Charlie Troop. Uh, welcome, Charlie. Thank you. We're going to cover some reflections on the year that you have led the association. Uh, but before we get into that, just a, a few words on the day job, because in fairness, you're pretty busy on that as well. That's right. I'm the managing partner at Duke Street, so a mid-market priority investor based in London, but investing across um, Western Europe. And the day job is, yes, it has been busy period, sourcing new transactions, structuring them and negotiating them, and also working with management on existing portfolio companies through the board to drive out the value creation program. So yes, plenty to do. Now we're going to dive a little bit into the year as BVCA chair, but it would be probably wrong of me not to pick up on the theme of this series, namely the last 40 years that the BVCA has existed. You're a, a private equity lifer. You've been in this you know, man and boy. How different is the industry today to the one that you joined? It's important to say to start with, I haven't been involved in productivity for the whole of the 40 years, obviously. <laughs> that, would be, that would be a calumny. But, but, but more than half. So yes, I mean, the industry has changed beyond recognition, both in terms of scale. Uh, it's a much bigger industry in terms of funds under management and the number of firms and the underlying funds that those businesses are managing are much, much larger as well. So bigger in terms of scale. With that has come much greater specialism and also much greater focus on the business model of how to make money. And really over that period, it's moved from, like any industry as it matures, it's moved from capability at the first, you know, having the finance available and be able to structure a transaction. It's then moved on as the industry became more competitive and covered more ground and got greater scale. That's moved up much more in terms of not just doing the deal, but in particular driving out the value by focusing on growth, by focusing on investing in stronger businesses that are more resilient and that people will compete to pay you a good multiple for when you come to exit. So that, that transition has really changed and you've seen a huge amount of more people involving adding more skills to both the deal making and particularly the portfolio management side of private equity and, and venture capital. So an industry transformed against the backdrop of an economy that will look very different today than it once did. So busy as you have been going through that career, leading your firm and so on, what got you to become the BVCA chair when you're probably more than busy enough? Like many people coming to industry you know, 20 odd years ago, a lot of my early interactions, a lot of my early training, some of my social interactions were through the BVCA. Now, the BBCA has also changed a huge amount over that time. I've enjoyed my time in private equity, and there was an element of wanting to give something back to the industry and to also the BBCA. That doesn't sound too terrible. But, but also, in particular, one of the key elements behind it was that, if you like, a, a building frustration that the industry has not always been very good talking about the business model and how we actually do make money for our investors. And therefore, we've allowed a dialogue that talks about asset stripping, cost cutting and over leverage to 
to get into mainstream publications without really being rebutted too much. So there's a lot that we have been doing, but a lot more that we can do to really get across the truth about how we do make money and about the positive impact that private capital does have on the community and on the economy and how we do that, which you know, I, was, I was keen to get involved in, and to help do that. You've therefore kind of hinted at the, the, the big theme of telling the industry story rather better than we may have managed in the past. What other priorities of any did you bring to the role specifically this year? I think that was that was a key part of it. You never really know at the point that you agree to get involved in the council and that you that you agree to step up as chair, given the timing. You never really understand exactly what will be happening. So, you know, there has been a large element of that, you know, delivering messaging. Part of that is not just around telling the story, it's also around defining the story in a way that can be easily understood. And, you know, what's happened this year is a lot more and a lot better quality information has been pulled together by the BBCA around performance survey, you know, things that we do, and also about delivering, um, defining the impact on the community and on the economy of private capital in the UK, because I think it's significantly larger and in some cases different than, than the general perception. And also talking about evidencing that business model and that push for growth and investment in building better quality businesses, evidencing that through, for example, the EY report on the performance of the private equity research group, the independent Walker review body, looking at that large sample of data and actually pulling out some key things, which I think can be communicated much, much better now. Indeed, the, the transparency agenda is one that critics are quite keen to throw at us and say we're not transparent enough. But this year, the Walker process, an awful lot more information is out there. Do you feel more comfortable that we're in the right place on that as a result of that? I think like all these things, there's always more to do. You know, we are a dynamic industry working in a dynamic environment, so there'll always be more to do. But I think there is more um, more compliance by more members and their companies. That information, that disclosure information is more readily available, so that's positive. I think for the first time, you know, we've effectively named and shamed those companies who didn't comply, none of whom were owned by members, which I'm happy to say. But I think that's also, that's a sign of greater transparency. I think it was always, always there, but we need to be articulating that we do believe in transparency and there's a reason for that. And I think we can always do more, as we are doing with the Walker Review Board, uh, we're, we're, we can do more around making sure that disclosure is more appropriate over time and making sure that more companies do adopt it. One of the themes that has come through more and more, and I know you care deeply about, is that of ESG. You took over as chair in the aftermath of COP26 in Glasgow, where a lot more scrutiny on business generally, but private equity and venture capital specifically within that. How do you think we're doing on that particular journey? I, th I think we're doing better, but I think, again, there's more to do. So I think getting across the message as part of that point around our business model of how do we generate sustainably growing businesses that are more resilient and, and stronger, that buyers will compete to, to pay good multiples for when we come to exit. A big chunk of that needs to be, is the, is the business um, environmentally sustainable? Does it have employment procedures in place? Does it have good governance procedures in place? I think a lot of it's already always been there. So governance has always been at the center of private equity's model, active asset management. You can't do that without having a very good governance in place. So that's one piece. But I think environmentally and socially, those have been looked at for 
a chunk of time by our members and by our investors who, who, who invest in our funds. But I think there's, there's becoming more science around it. It's more clear that as it becomes more and more mainstream, it will influence um, consumer behavior as well. So it's becoming more and more central. And you can see that both in our communication, but you can particularly see it in our portfolio companies and their plans. I think all of our portfolio companies at Duke Street have an ESG plan in place. Some of them are making significant investments in um, environmental sustainability, way beyond what the customer is asking for. They're really ahead of the customer. And we think that's the right thing to do for the business, even though it increases that requires significant investment. It's certainly a hot topic when one talks to politicians. And I think of meetings that you and I had with uh, one of the uh, cabinet ministers in the last year, where the EY reports that talk about the 2 million jobs and 5% contribution to GDP, really nailing the fact we're part of the mainstream economy. That was really powerful. But it's the case studies that bring it to life. How important is it do you believe, to us and to our discussions with politicians to be able to get good case studies from members? I think it's, it's essential. Having the headline data which supports our position is helpful, but I think we also need to have the, the micro, the, the company by company case studies to deal with, you know, to, to, to demonstrate positives, but also to try and rebut some of the negatives because you know, we are a risk capital organisation. You can't deliver the kind of returns we deliver for our investors over a long period of time by not taking some risk and managing those risks. So some things don't go with, to plan, either because there's a problem internally in the company or because you know, an exogenous shock can cause significant issues from the outside, as we've seen in the pandemic. So there is an element that we do need to have case studies from our members so that we can actually rebut and make positive points as well. One of the major breakthroughs in the last year after an incredible amount of patience by the industry and others is getting access to DC pensions, a new potential source of capital for the industry to invest. Are you excited by that possibility on behalf of the industry? Uh, how important do you think it will be? I think it is really interesting. I think it's interesting for the industry. I think it's a potential source of capital, which at the moment is, is difficult to access. I think it's also interesting for individual investors be able to invest, retail investors be able to invest in private equity and venture capital because the strong returns is a way of building a portfolio and approaching asset allocation, which is, I think, should be open to more investors rather than just the large institutional investors. You've clearly got to go about it carefully, and that does require a different, that investor base requires a different kind of communication, different kind of regulation. And yeah, we are working to make sure that that regulation is in place and the, the industry needs to make sure that they take that opportunity and address it so that it's a long-term opportunity and not just a short-term one. Of course, your year as chair coincided with a kind of transition out of the pandemic, uh, which, of course, for your business and for the portfolio companies you're invested in was a major focus. But for us, selfishly, at the BVCA, for the industry gathering together, how important has this year been and, and what have been the best features of that in terms of member engagement? I think that the key thing has been getting back to having conferences, training in person. You know, there is no substitute for face-to-face in-person contact at those kind of events for networking and for just general engagement. So that's been great. You know, we're still not quite out of the impact of the pandemic and I think there still will be changes in the way 
the industry operates and, and therefore the BBCA operates and, and interacts with its members. And in some cases, you know, there will be some hybrid engagement. But I think it's been, it's been very positive to get back into you know, something approaching normal life. And we've seen with things like training that it has opened up whole new potential. Uh, the events have moved from hybrid uh, back to more in-person. Training is in-house or online or in-person. That's still quite an important part of what we do too. I think it is. As I said, yeah, it's, it's just a way of, it can be actually more efficient um, for people. A wider audience can attend training if, it's, if it can be done online and a wider audience in terms of bringing new employees of our members into training as well. So I think like interns, for example. So I think that's, that's really interesting too. And certainly those are things that have changed out of all recognition in the last uh, 40 years. Yes, yes. I mean, that's you know, one area that has been significant change. Yeah. There's points where our industry has been severely tested along the way. The pandemic was clearly one of them, but I think I'm glad to say that yeah, their ownership model was tested, but it came through pretty strongly and still continues to outperform public markets. And yeah, that, that's just a continuing theme. I think the second thing is, I think it's changed the way that our teams, yeah, our teams as in our members' teams operate, and that most, very few firms have gone back to ensuring that every member of their team is in the office every single day, which is not really practical anyway. It's announced sort of hybrid working through necessity, really. So I think that's been quite important and it will be important going forward in terms of being able to hire people into the industry. This will increase the profile of the industry, make it something that's much more in the public eye and more interesting to politicians, uh, say that neutrally. Uh, in terms of political engagement, your reflection on the, on, on the year, is that something you would encourage more of as you hand over the baton to your successor? I think we have to. It's always been an important part of you know, the advocacy that we do. A large chunk of the audience has got to be politicians, given their ability to change the regulation, regulatory framework in a way which could be unhelpful or helpful to, to our industry and to the economy as, as a whole. So yes, there needs to be more of that. And obviously the political landscape is probably more uncertain than it was you know, 12 months ago. So I think that that means that we've always worked with all political parties across the spectrum to help them deliver their goals, but we now need to you know, redouble their efforts, our, our efforts around that. Finally, if you can, Imagine yourself in 10 years' time reflecting back on the year that you just had. What do you anticipate being the, the big standout memory and achievement of, of your time uh, leading the industry? I think it's, it's all incremental. So 40 years of the, you know, of the BBCA so far, you know, there has not been one single year or one single change when there's been a transformational. Um, it doesn't really work that way, and I didn't expect it to. I think what it did do is that once I got in, thinking about getting involved in the council and then um, stepping in as chair, you are going outside your comfort zone. You know, you're moving outside your organisation, which is largely focused on you know, your portfolio, building that portfolio and managing that portfolio. It's taking a much wider role, which has been really interesting, been challenging at times. So I will always treasure that. And, you know, I'm not... Walking away from the BBC, I expect to, I'll step back as a normal member of council and I'm looking forward to continuing supporting Gary and the, the SMT of the um, senior management team of the BBCA in, in keeping going on all the things we need to do. Because as I said earlier, there's more we have to do on all of these areas. 
I'm glad you're not thinking of stepping away because we certainly weren't going to allow you. Charlie Troop, uh, thank you very much indeed for that. And if I might encourage uh, you to keep an eye out for the next in our series of reflections on the 40 years of the BBCA and uh, my next conversation with another of our industry leaders. But in the meantime, thank you very much for listening.